Welcome to the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solution with Amanda Love. And I'm Amanda Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is, how do you say your name? Dr. Jake, Janika, Dr. Janika Benoit, also known as Dr. J on social media. I didn't want to butcher it, so. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so. Welcome to the show. So tell us what is your story and how you got into what you're doing today? Yes. So my name is Dr. Janika Benoit, also known as Dr. J on social media. And I remember one specific day I was during my, it was during my second year of internal medicine residency. And I just got done seeing a whole clinic full of patients. And I just could not wait to get home and just be done with this day. And I could not wait to get to my place of solace. And for me, that was my bed. So as I sat on my bed with the pillows over my head, I realized that I was very much like my patients, just like my patients who felt overwhelmed of taking so many pills. I felt overwhelmed from prescribing them, just like my patients who sometimes didn't know why they were taking the pills because they couldn't remember all these big elaborate names. I felt like I didn't know my why and what my purpose was for becoming a physician because I was just in the clinic prescribing and refilling pills. Just like them who sometimes didn't feel in control of their health, I felt not in control of the trajectory of my career. And for me, it was like looking down a dark tunnel with no end. And what exercise I've always you know, for the most part, since high school, I've been an avid exerciser, but it's taught me a very important lesson during these years. And it's taught me the power of a habit because you don't reap the reward of exercise by doing it once you have to consistently do it. And I noticed that exercise, there's so much evidence that exercise can help prevent chronic disease and can help improve quality life and physical function, especially in fibromyalgia. And I wanted to provide people with a way to get into exercise. So I actually developed an acronym. It's called HABIT, H stands for healthy mindset, because before starting exercise, we need to come from a positive mind state. A stands for affirming new beliefs because after we we have that positive mindset, we have to affirm that for ourselves. B stands for believing greater. And that just helps us to overcome any challenges so that we can get to that greater place. I stands for incorporating change because you have to change some things around if you are going to challenge yourself. And T stands for transforming lives. Because at the end of the day, as a physician, that is what I want to do. I want to help transform the lives of my patients and people that I encounter. I love that acronym. It's so, (laughs) uh, it's just inspiring. And it's like, people need us. I like the first one where it's like you said, healthy mindset, because Mm -hmm. if we don't have a healthy mindset, then we could just go into exercise punishing ourselves. Exactly. Yes. So with exercise, do you find people are like go into exercise with a healthy mindset or do you find that people are like, yeah. they just want to lose the weight and then it, and then it's like they might lose a little bit and then it's like it comes back. So they're yeah, not they're, going into it. And right. Right. 
There, there are a lot of limiting beliefs that come into play and a limiting belief is uh, and a, a belief that you have that you perceive to be true, but it's not actually true, right? So a lot of limiting beliefs that I hear are, I don't have time. That's a, that's a very common one. I'm exhausted. I'm in too much pain. And I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of fibromyalgia patients that you work with would also say that as well. And not, and not saying that it's not true, but sometimes we have to work, work through them so that we can find, find the, try to dismantle them so that we can overcome those limiting beliefs. So for example, like for fibromyalgia, I, I have a lot of pain would be, would be something that they would say. And the, the, the real, the goal, especially with a fibromyalgia patient is number one, understanding what their pain points are, right? Because in fibromyalgia, there are so many tender points that someone may have. And to avoid exercises that may exacerbate those points. So for example, if someone has gluteal tenderness, you may not put them on a bike to exacerbate that gluteal tenderness. If someone has leg pain, you may put them on like, for example, a bike to help support their leg, right? So that they can minimize that pain. So yes, they're in pain, right? But we can also show them different ways that they can minimize that pain by changing their exercise equipment or the type of exercise that, that they're performing. Exactly. I think a lot of times we feel like there's only one exercise. There's so many different exercising mm -hmm. things to do. For you sure. And you don't have to do what your friend's doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's, there's so many. So, yeah. Do you find um, people are scared to start exercising and stuff, or do they just want to jump in right away with the exercise? Yeah, so that's that's very person dependent. I would say more often though, there are a lot of limiting beliefs that are in the way, and that that is usually that is that is usually what i see and there are different stages to starting to exercise so sometimes they're in the stage where it's okay i don't want to exercise at all and you and no matter how much you motivate them they're just not in the headspace to right. exercise and yeah, you can't push that and you can't and you can't push that right next stage they they may be in the pre contemplative stage where they thought about it, but never took the action to start any exercise. The following stage is that, you know, they're contemplative. They, they've actually contemplated exercise and would like to get started. And all you need to do is like, hey, yeah, you could totally do this. And that is the push that they need. Right. right? And then the next stage would be like, okay, this is what they do. Like they, they pass all those stages and they're now in a position to make exercise a habit and make it a part of their regular routine. So there are different stages, but I think the most important thing is to accept whatever stage the person is in and support them through that stage, right? I think it's, it's really important. And just to hold space for that stage. 
and allow them to gradually move. Obviously, you want to be somewhat of a cheerleader and help them through the process from, from the various stages, but it's important to hold space and to encourage and support and not, and not push. You're giving them the accountability that they need. Oh, for sure. Yes, there's a lot of accountability <laughs> that's necessary. And, this, and especially in, fibro, in fibromyalgia patients who they have pain from the fibromyalgia, they may have other associated symptoms like anxiety and depression. And it really becomes a multidisciplinary approach, right, to help them through the yeah. process, right? So, you, you know, they, they may have the help for the psychiatrist, primary care physician, physical therapist, uh, personal trainer, or what have you. So, yes, it becomes a whole team approach that requires a lot of accountability. I love how you said the whole team approach, because I feel like we just go to one person and then we don't think about that we should do a whole like team approach. Yeah, yeah, no, it's extremely important because fibromyalgia, it can be difficult to diagnose because there's pain, but sometimes it's hard to differentiate. Okay, is this pain due to a musculoskeletal condition? Is it pain yeah. due to a gastrointestinal condition? Like, for example, sometimes fibromyalgia can present with irritable bowel syndrome. So it's hard to differentiate sometimes is this pain coming from an organic cause, for example, somewhere on the body, or is it actual fibromyalgia? And you have to weed out all the other diagnoses to finally get to fibromyalgia. That's what makes it so difficult to diagnose because it is a diagnosis of exclusion. Yeah. So, but while you're doing that, it's, you know, it's important to consider all the other various diagnoses it can be and provide support. For example, you know, if there's anxiety or depression, provide support for that with a psychiatrist. It's extremely important. So, or seeing a therapist as well, because there can be, you know, because um, of the anxiety, depression, that would be helpful to see a therapist as well, just to talk to some of, um, you know, their issues or problems that they're having with the anxiety and depression. So yeah, definitely a team approach that's required. Exactly. And you said something, you said a lot of times people come to you with the excuse, I don't have time. So what do you tell them? Yeah, so I usually ask them why, like, why do you think that you, that you don't have time? And, you know, and they, they say, oh, well, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And I say, well, you know, give me, give me a rundown of your day. And sometimes like, for example, I had this one, one patient who she would go to bed like so late, like at 2am. And then she was busy, like working still at home from work. And then she couldn't wake up early enough to wake up to exercise. And I stated that, well, number one, how about you try to mitigate some of the work that you bring home so that you can 
go to bed earlier and then wake up earlier to exercise. And that included just asking for more help at work, right? It's just wanting to ask to people sometimes, especially I feel like with with women, sometimes we feel like we can handle it all and do everything ourselves and we're we're more hesitant to make an ask for help, right? So I told her, I was like, well, you need to ask for help because this is cutting into your health and that's not okay. And so I actually don't know what happened to that patient because I didn't see her again. But the point was that look for areas that you can get help with, right? So if, if kids are a problem, maybe getting a babysitter, right? Um, if work is a problem, seeing h- how you can get more senses of work or delegating or delegate tasks more efficiently so that you have more time at home. So you go to bed at an appropriate hour and wake up at an appropriate hour to wake up early to exercise. Another thing that I mentioned is see how you can incorporate exercise throughout your day. So is, is it possible for you to walk to work? If that's a possibility, is it possible for you to maybe do half public transportation, half walking, right? Is it possible for you to maybe when you're going into a supermarket, park farther so that you can walk longer to get to your destination? So those are just other ways to get exercise into your day as you're going about your day. And they're very simple things to do. And I think you, what you said about like, like asking for help is so important because I think a lot of times we don't ask for help. We, we might do everything as the woman, like the cooking, the cleaning. And if people have kids, it's probably even more crazy and stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and that's the thing that most of these things are very simple. (laughs) They're like this most. It sounds simple. I think that's the thing a lot of times. It sounds simple, but it's not. Because even for me, that was tough for me to even ask for help. That's actually something that I'm working on. Yeah. And I'm just imparting my wisdom onto others so that they can make exercise and their health a priority. Yeah. And I think with, I think exercise, it doesn't have to be like you were saying, it doesn't have to be like difficult. Like right. just, just going for a walk and you can do yes. that with your family. Yes, exactly. And I usually, so according to the physical activity guidelines, it recommends that you exercise aerobic activity. So anything that increases your heart rate or creates an effort for you to breathe, uh, it recommends that you exercise for 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity and 75 minutes of vigorous intensity. And the way to differentiate moderate and vigorous is from a test called the talk test. So moderate intensity would be any exercise that you feel your heart rate increasing. In addition, it's creating an effort for you to breathe right? But you're able to still talk and complete sentences versus vigorous. You have the same things with your heart rate increasing and creating effort for you to breathe, but you're speaking with breath in between your words. 
So that's the difference between the two. So I usually start at the lower end, 150 minutes per week. And I tell my patients 30 for three. So that's 30 minutes for three days a week. That will at least get them to 90 minutes per week. And I tell them to start off with that and then increase by five minutes. They can increase their duration. And then once they increase their duration to close to 150, they can increase the amount of days per week. So that's um, usually something that I give my patients, just a very simple, easy way to start exercising if they're motivated enough. They, they have to be at that point where they're motivated. They have to be at that point for sure. And do you start them off with like what it does it depend on like their yeah. issues and stuff? Yeah. So it usually depends on the exercise capacity. Usually I'm telling the 30 for three to people who don't really exercise. So I usually tell them to start walking. That's the best exercise you can start with. I mean, cause you're usually walking throughout the day anyway. <laughs> I so, love walking. So. Right. So I usually tell them, yes, 30 minutes, three days a week, just try that to start off and then increase by five every week. And so you get to 150. That's awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of times with exercise, people go straight into like, oh, I got to do the weights. I got to push my body too hard and then it backfires. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you really want to be very diligent about how much you're doing because you can do too much, especially if you do too much very quickly. It's in the sports medicine world, it's called overtraining syndrome. It's usually, that term is usually ascribed to athletes, but it can be ascribed to just your, your everyday exerciser as well if you do too much too fast. So definitely you want to start low and slow when you're doing any exercise and just gradually improve what you're doing, whether it's, you know, let's say you're starting a walking program, you, you know, you may not walk briskly initially, but you want to be able to in, increase your pace as well as the duration of time that you're spending walking very gradually. So, and you, and it's important to just be aware of your body, right? So yeah. if it feels uncomfortable, obviously there, you, there's going to be some discomfort because you're going to be exercising. Especially but, if you're just starting. Especially yeah. if you're just starting, yes. But you want to be able to listen to your, 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 the cues of your body. Obviously, if you have any dizziness or any pressure in the chest or anything like that, that is a cue to definitely stop and go see your physician or go to the emergency room if you're feeling that way. But so listen to those signs like that when you're exercising. I love how you said listening to your body because a lot of times we don't listen to our body and we just are like and we might be like okay let's do the exercise even though maybe we should take a day off yeah yeah so definitely yeah so it's extremely important obviously there's going to be some post-exercise soreness that occurs um however that usually doesn't last for long maybe about 48 to 72 hours or, or um, 48 to 72 hours. So 
that is to be expected. It should, and now if it's lasting longer than, you know, two weeks and you're still sore after a bout of exercises, it's two weeks, then maybe it could be something more serious, like a strain or a sprain and definitely go to your primary care physician to get that evaluated. After people start with walking, what do you do? What do you recommend people do? Yeah. So after they start with walking, then I tell them to maybe increase their pace, such as walk more briskly. They could also um, hold hand weights as well and or ankle weights to challenge themselves. So those are some just very simple things you can add on. You can even add on a weighted jacket as you're walking. So but initially, right, you want to go low and slow. So just walking without any of those added weights is just fine. And then gradually, as you, as you feel more comfortable, as you notice that you're, you're, you're able to better control your breathing when you're, when you're walking, you can add on those weights like wrist weights or ankle weights or even a weighted vest. And it, And I think people need to realize it takes time to build up to that. Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. And, and that's why, you know, like I stated, like, just, you know, listen to your body. And if you should feel some discomfort, though, right, you want to make it, it should be challenging. It shouldn't be like, you know, a walk in the park, (laughs) no pun intended. (laughs) But you want to, you want it to be challenging. You want to feel that you are challenging your body, but it shouldn't be at the point where like, okay, I I can't, I, these symptoms that I'm feeling like dizziness and pressure in my chest, this is too much for me. It shouldn't, it should not feel that way, but you know, your body it's, it's, you know, it's important for you to just listen to your body and, and realize when you're able to increase your capacity for more. So Yeah. And I think it comes down to, you have to be patient too with your body. And especially if you haven't worked out in like 10 or 20 years. Oh yes, for sure. For sure. Yes. So how long do people feel like they need to work with you to like where they're starting to get better with the exercise and it becomes a habit? Yeah. So it's all, it's really just person specific because sometimes there are some patients who you know have not even thought about exercise and they have so many limiting beliefs about it and sometimes just getting through those limiting beliefs is is something that we have to go through in order for them to initiate an exercise program and other times I like I'm the push that they need it right Right. That, you know, they thought about exercising, but, you know, really no one ever challenged them to actually pursue the idea of doing it. So it just, it just is really person specific, but I would say once, once that person, especially, you know, the person's who ready in the contemplating phase, once I give them the push, then it's like, it's, it's, it's victory from there, right? Because all they really need is that push and that motivation to get going. That's great. Because, and I, 
think a lot of times I think we just need a little push and then we're good to go. Yeah. Do you do you certain exercises with them also? Like no, they actually, but that's something that I think I'm gonna start doing. I do have exercises that I show on my Instagram page. I do have some of them. I used to do them more frequently, but I hosted a webinar over the weekend and I realized that that was something that people would be interested doing exercise sessions like zoom exercise sessions so i'm thinking about doing that and i'll definitely post it to my you know instagram page and youtube channel when i do start just to give people different ideas of how to start exercising if they're not motivated or have been thinking about it and never have pursued the idea that's awesome because I think we, I think sometimes people just need that little baby step of yes. like, like saying, oh, you, here's an exercise. You could do this one little thing every day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then also show them how to challenge that exercise Yeah, as well. Right. Because with exercise, you want to you know, there's when I say exercise, I'm really talking about aerobic activity, which is anything that increases your heart rate, increase in effort to breathe in resistance training or muscle strengthening. So you want to be able to incorporate both of those activities in your exercise routine. Yeah. And so and, you know, some people may not know how to do that. So I I do I do plan on creating some type of virtual class or de demo <laughs> is it do you do weights yeah so i'm actually very creative i'm, <laughs> I'm very creative when i when i do i have a, some creative exercises on my instagram because i know that is that can be a barrier for some people because some people may not have weights so as a substitute for weights i will have a water gallons and I'll use that as a weight or a uh, like you can use a backpack and put stuff in your backpack use that as a weight or a small child <laughs> <laughs> if you have a small child handy <laughs> you could also use that as a weight as well so and it's super fun to exercise with little kids because they're having a good time they have no idea that you're not having a good time <laughs> <laughs> It teaches them. It teaches them that good habit. I'm sure. Oh my goodness! Yes, that is my my little goddaughter. Yeah. Uh, because I, when I'm at her house, you know, she would see me exercise, so she she'll be like, "Hey, when are we gonna be exercising?" Or did you? And she, or she'll be like, "Did you exercise today?" <laughs> or when she exercises, she says, "Hey, I exercised today," and I'm like, "Good job!" And she's so happy. So yes, I'm definitely teaching her about that you know, making exercise, but not only exercise, but just your general health a priority, right? You only have this one life, you have this one body, and you want to be able to honor your body while you're here living on this earth. So that is the whole idea too. Yes, you're doing something that feels uncomfortable. And <laughs> you're thinking, oh my goodness, why, are, why am I torching myself? But I would consider that you just challenge yourself to be better. You're challenging yourself to be stronger. You're, you're challenging your, your body to overcome challenges. 
And in the end, what you're doing is you're honoring yourself and, you, and you're honoring the, the, the body that you're in. So I like to look at it that way. And I like how you said we only have one life to live and we might as well take care of our bodies. Because I think a lot of times people put exercise as the last thing on their to-do list. Yes, yes, no, for sure, right? Because, and and I think it's just because it doesn't, it's not fun, right? <laughs> it's like, who wants to exercise? Like, that's the last thing on the list. Well, but maybe but <laughs> But if you- exception. Yeah, but if you change that limiting, because that is a, a limiting belief, right? So if you change that limiting belief and say, I exercise to honor myself, that puts you in a much more empowered state than I don't want to exercise because it it's too much or I don't like it, right? So we have to be very cognizant of the words that we speak into ourselves because our words have the ability to uplift us or break us down. Right. And then I think a lot of times we... It's the victim mentality. It's a basis. You change your words. And this goes to affirming new beliefs, right? This goes to affirming beliefs in the A section of of my acronym. So affirming new beliefs. So it's very important to be mindful of the words that that you're using. Exactly. I think if we don't say positive things, then how are we supposed to do positive things that we're supposed to do in life? Exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge and stuff. Where where can everyone find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at M-E-D. That's M as in Mary, by the way. (laughs) M-E-D as in dog. F as in Frank. I-T-B. Oh, and in my, on my Instagram bio, there's also a link tree that I have. So you can just click the link and then it'll direct you to my YouTube channel. And that's where I house all my videos about health and wellness and exercise. And I also have other specialist physicians who come on and other people from various other specialties within the health and wellness space for there as well. I will put that all in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you for having me.